Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Mario back again with the uh, Straight Out of Islington podcast. How are you guys doing? I hope you guys are doing very well after this uh, beautiful, beautiful start to the season. And uh, obviously, with uh, depending on when you're hearing this, uh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, September 15th, um, Oba signed the damn thing. Uh, we're going to speak about that and uh, obviously the game with Fulham. And uh, to speak about this and everything in between... I have uh, Ryan, who's back. Mario, <laughs> good to be back, man. How you doing, buddy? Good, doing well. Uh, yeah, good, good start to the season. Uh, a lot of positive vibes and um, just good, good tidings all around for Arsenal Football Club. It's it's been a while before uh, we've been able to say that. I think. Yeah. Oh, it's a very exciting uh, times right now. Let Let's start with. Obama Yang signing the three-year contract. What does that mean for Arsenal Football Club going forward? Yeah, I think it's a, a pretty huge sign of intent, obviously, for the player himself, the club, what it means um, you know, for the culture of Arsenal Football Club right now. I think that that's a huge um, marker in, in a player of his caliber, what he believes in, in what the project, uh, how it looks currently but also for the future um you know three-year deal uh, i think it's reports are saying it's it's 250,000 a week plus some performance bumpers you know probably based on goals and and you know probably top top four finishes and trophies and all that so i, I think obviously uh more than more than deserved for him uh for oba and, and for what he's done his his performance on the pitch his leadership his um influence you know in in, in the locker room and and obviously just his, his player, his stature to remain at Arsenal, considering we've had probably the worst stretch of the club's history, you know, uh, in the past few years and all the turmoil and, and kind of unknown of, of, you know, where the club is heading. So the fact that he's he's hitching his wagon to, to the club and, and I think mostly to Mikel Arteta is obviously a huge influence on that and and I think that's clear in, in the way the team is playing the way he is playing um, you know there's huge question marks on is he going to want to stay and, and play as a, as, a, as a left winger so to speak and you know all the tracking back he was doing and and finishing eighth place and you know he, he can pick and choose where he'd want to go and, and he wants to he wants to stay at Arsenal and that that's that's just a massive statement in itself. Yeah, because you had top teams even in the Premier League and obviously La Liga, Barcelona links, even some Manchester United links there. Um, what does that say about the manager and the back room staff at Arsenal right now that we were able to not only sign key players uh, in key positions, which we're going to talk about that as well, but also to keep somebody like Obama Yang, who is in his prime, who is probably top five strikers in the world. And I'm not trying to be biased when I say that, but I think he's definitely up there. What does that say about, about Arteta's philosophy and all that? I, I think it shows how, how happy and how confident that players are. And especially Obama Yang um, are about, about this, this current project. I think, I think more than anything, we look at, we talk about transfers, we talk about players, you know, where they want to play, where they want to move on. I think we underrate the, just the sheer happiness that a player can have by, in his, in his current situation. 
Uh, I mean, he, he could have gotten the same money or if not more money, like you said, elsewhere, you know, Barcelona, PSG, I mean, you know, teams within, within the Premier League as well. But I think what it shows is he's extremely happy in his current situation. And, you know, that that's living in London. That's his kids are settled. Wife is settled. Um, I, you know, you, you see on social media, his, his immediate family members seem to really enjoy uh, their family member playing and being a part of the Arsenal family. I, th- I think that goes a long way. It's not, I mean, you can look at, okay, we finished eighth place. We're playing in the Europa League. Um, certainly below the level that a player of his caliber should be playing. I mean, he, he's obviously a Champions League level player who should be competing for, for titles. Um, and I, I think he believes that under Mikel Arteta and the backroom staff and, and the talent around him, I think the trajectory is is heading in the right direction. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I, I'm not naive enough to think that, okay, we're going to challenge for a title or we're at, at or near, you know, the caliber of a, a Liverpool or a City right now. But I think based off the culture that Arteta has, has established, the, the playing style, the improvement on the pitch, I think, Every single player, uh, quite frankly, I think that in itself is the big determining factor that Aubameyang can can look at and say, yeah, I, I want to play my football here and I want to try and bring this club back, you know, competing at the top level, playing in the Champions League. And I think that, you know, he's taking that pressure on himself. It's, you know, similar situation with, with Van Persie, right, where he was uh, – he said, oh, I want to go win a title. I want to go, you know, Arsenal's not the club for that. And then he left. Um, and Aubameyang could have done that. He, but he, I think what he's saying is I want to, I want to, pressure is on me and everyone else as well to to bring the club back. I don't, I don't want to blame the club for us not being there. But I, based on what is in place, I think we can get back to that level. And I think that that shows a huge amount of leadership abilities in, in the player himself and what he's all about. He he wants he wants that burden. He wants that that um, responsibility to to bring Arsenal back to where where they should be. Yeah, because I think everybody's comparing Obama Yang's signing with RVP, right? Like a massive player uh, who you know had tons of seasons with Arsenal, um, but you know he, he obviously stepped up and he started playing. I, I you know. Um, the last season, basically, with Arsenal is when he became great. Anyways, um, it, this is a major thing. Like, um, w- since I think RVP, one of the biggest players, I, I, I don't think I'll put Alexis Sanchez in there because of the way he left. Like, he was he was shit by the time he left. Um, but I think Obama Yang and RVP are the ones that stand out the most. You know, pivotal players, proven, um, and just it just goes to show that Arsenal are moving in the right direction, despite, you know, like you saying eighth place Europa league, whatever. Um, I think righty said it where he, he was talking to him. I was watching the, the, the clip where he's telling him how um, he stuck with Arsenal, despite, you know, other legends leaving. Um, it goes to show man, like everything Arteta's doing it right, which I had skepticism on him uh, the backroom staff, uh, is doing it right. Um, I just, I, I love the fact that he's going to stay. Um, and I think this is going to be the beginning of something huge in the next three years that he's going to be with Arsenal. I'm hoping, but 
I, I don't know, like where with Obama Yang signing, like, and you know, we'll get to the match in a little bit, <clears throat> but where do you see Arsenal this season? Like, can we compete for top four? I, I like, do we still need to sign key players and, and key positions? Like, what 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 do you think of that? Yeah, well, I do generally think top four is a is a very achievable and legitimate target considering the teams in or around that those positions when you look at you know you can probably look at Liverpool and City as a you know a tier above everyone else then you look at Chelsea United and Chelsea's obviously strengthened uh, bought a ton of uh, pretty ridiculous attacking talent this summer uh, one of the few clubs who have really you know spent um, a ton of money uh, which is which is Another kind of possible contributing factor to um, Aubameyang staying is is the weird kind of COVID markets and and not, just not not a lot of teams anywhere mm-hmm. are spending huge money. So, um, but yeah, you look at Chelsea, United, uh, obviously Tottenham. Um, you know, Wolves are in that discussion. I, I think you, you look at how we struggled last season. And the difference between, you know, the start of the season, Emery was still there, then, then Freddie took over for a bit, and then Arteta came in, and the progress, you know, just on the pitch results from August until, you know, last month, you know, up until the, the FA Cup, and, and now, you know, Community Shield, and and coming into the start of this season, it's it's night and day on the, the, the style of play, the the you know, tactics, the player performance, the player development, the confidence, um, just overall enthusiasm and energy on the pitch. It's so I think to look at last year and like, oh, we finished eighth, we're far off. Uh, While that's true, I think it's a completely different culture environment. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, I I would be, you know, again, transfer market is open, you know, until October. So there's going to be, I think, still some, some major, outgoings and, and incomings across the league and, and and definitely for Arsenal I think we'll see a probably more outgoings and incomings at this point but um um yeah I mean I, my my expectation is a top four finish um based on who we have the form the the style of play and and again the the player improvements um from from just a calendar year over year uh that that's I think a realistic expectation. I think uh, that that should be a, you know, achievable goal. Now, now sticking with, uh, we will get to the game afterwards because I guess it, this is a perfect sort of timeline. Um, we signed William uh, from Ch- from Chelsea, uh, and uh, we signed Gabriel Malagash, whatever you know me with names. That's 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 pretty good from what I've heard. That that's actually pretty spot on. Yeah, that's, that's very good for you too. So well done. <laughs> uh, and then obviously the other one is uh, William Saliba, who came back um, on loan, and then ma- majorly, I think Danny Ceballos coming back on loan is great. Um, I, I honestly haven't heard anything about Gabriel um, until he was linked with Arsenal. And I started, obviously you, you go to see his compilations. Um, what does this mean for the back line? Like does, does it mean more stabilization with, with these young players coming in, Gabriel Saliba? Um, is that what we needed? Is that uh, clearly it's for the future, but is that what we need right now? Considering, you know, Louise and all that. Yeah, I think it, I think it accomplishes 
really uh, on both of those fronts. It is it is a plan for the future. You know, Gabrielle's 22, Saliba's I think 19, going to be 20 soon. So that clearly those, you know, and that Saliba 30 million, Gabrielle 25, thereabouts. Um, that that's clearly a plan long term for those two to be, you know, the the anchor of the defense. But I also think you're going to integrate those two into a mix of veteran defenders next to them. And, you know, David Luiz being one, um, you know, Kieran Tierney is, is playing as now a, a left side and center back in a, in a kind of hybrid back three formation. Um, plenty of experience there. Um, I think you'll see some, you know, stretches and periods where they're in the starting 11, out of the starting 11, as to not inundate them too much too soon. Um, Gabrielle, I think it was a surprise he was in the starting 11, um, had a bit of a you know shaky start, but then grew in confidence, had the goal, tidy in possession, um, you know, and our, I think our structure helped not put him under too much pressure, which is exactly what, what you want um, the rest of your team to, to help out when you have a young defender, you know, playing his first match. He, had, he hadn't played a match in six months as well. So that, that was um, even more impressive considering that. So um, yeah, I think, I think it, and also you look at the age, the, the type of player profile, there's a clear marker in identifying these types of players. Um, you know, Saliba and Gabrielle are big, strong, agile, uh, comfortable in possession, um, you know, can play, can cover space, um, you know, in a, in a back four, you know, when we're pushing numbers up and maybe get caught in possession, they, they have the ability, they, you know, the, the, and the agility to to keep quick, agile, athletic forwards in front of them. Um, so I think all that is part of the plan with with looking at Adu and and um, the backroom staff identifying similar to what Liverpool did is is here's the type of style we want to play. Here are the type of players that we've identified that can make that happen on the pitch. And now we got to make sure, you know, obviously the money has to work and the, the contracts and the availability, but that, that is, that is how you build. If you believe in the structure, you believe in the manager, you believe in a ethos and an ideology of how you want to play, how you want to look on the pitch. All of those factors have to work in, you know, in sync. And, and that is the end result is hopefully a, you know, a, especially those two center backs, uh, a pairing for the next, you know, six to eight years if not more yeah because if you like you look at the defense right now it's we have in excess of players what does that mean even though like holding played very well uh, against mm -hmm. Fulham what what do you think that means for the likes of holdings the chambers you know even Hector Bellerin well I think I think what Arteta has shown is regardless of what your previous history performance whether it's injuries whether it's poor form whether it's um you know just not not performing up to up to that player standards in the past he's going to give players a chance to prove themselves right now and i think we've seen that obviously i mean rob holding he was out the door on the loan for newcastle now all of a sudden arteta is saying he he needs him he sees him as a key part this season and then he, he starts him on the first day he does a you know four knee dribble through the midfield and plays a through ball to Lacazette that leads to a corner that leads to our second goal, keeps a clean sheet. And he looks, 
you know, he looks a hell of a player. He looks the, the promising player before his injury. Um, you know, same with Bellerin. There was links to PSG. I, I don't think that's going to happen anymore because they signed a they signed Florenzi um, as, as a right back option. So, uh, you know, confidence. Um, obviously, staying healthy is is vital. But I think the confidence and the belief that Arteta is giving these players. Look at look at Mohamed El Nani, like perfect example. Mm. Like nobody. I, I don't think anyone even inside the club certainly probably not any supporter was like Mohamed Elneny is going to not only come back into Arsenal, but be a key or at least a, a contributing member of that midfield. Now I'm not saying he's the, the answer or the, you know, the, he's, he's going to be a top tier midfielder in this league. But um, if he's executing and performing and doing a job and providing energy and, and intensity, um, He's got a part to play, and that that's 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 how you have to you have to have players and and pro, uh, progression in squad players like that, that that's going to lift the club up as a whole. You know, it's not going to be an Aubameyang. Aubameyang's already he's already performed at the top, mm-hmm. right? Golden Boot winner, twenty plus goals. We finished eighth. Aubameyang wasn't the problem. It's everyone else has to raise their game. If they if everyone raises their game 10 15 percent of what they current you know previously performed as that's how you that's how you as a club raise your level up and and jump from eighth to fourth or the third um and that's that's what arteta i think is doing more than anything is he is is creating a culture that instills confidence in players and is saying i believe in you you got to you got to go out and show me that you believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Player, that wasn't happening under Emery, right? Not at all. It was it was confusion, chaos. Everyone was doubting everything. Uh, wasn't the right fit. Never was. Wasn't the right culture. It was never a culture established. Arteta's established that in six months, and and every I, I can't think of a player who hasn't not only just not um, decreased in their ability or value or or progress, but that massively increased. I mean, it, you can you can go up and down the squad, and I think you could easily say that player has has improved under Arteta, and that that's that's what he's bringing more than anything that I think is going to be the catalyst to get us back to where we think Arsenal should be. Mm. Now, you, you you did mention Moel Mo Nene, you know, the midfield here, uh, another big signing I, I i think would be willian uh coming in um i was eh, you know a lot of people were saying what arsenal's a new retiring club for players and you know you, you said, said that about david luis he, he's been you know okay he's had his performances um and then willian coming in man like blew me away uh this match like he's certainly a really good signing from what I've seen, obviously it's a long season, but what do you make of the Willian signing? I think, I think he's again, the type of player that Arteta would have identified as the exact type of player, especially in that final third that fits him to a T. Um, he's, he's technically very sound, very secure. Um, He's not going to be a spectacular, flashy, you know, wide player like a Pepe, but he's he's going to make the right pass, 
He's going to make the right cross, you know, have the white, the right weight of the pass, you know, in the final third to, to Lacazette, to Aubameyang. Um, he's going to allow to bring other players into the attack, you know, midfielders. I think we saw that as well. Again, that that's based on his, his technical um, security with the ball. Um, and also he, he's, he's a guy who you don't have to coach. He's a high IQ, high understanding player who any system he's in, I mean, he's a serial winner. There's a reason he's, he's started, you know, almost all of his matches he's ever played for Chelsea, for Mm. Brazil. Um, You know, he's, he's won just about everything. He's, 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 he's a serial winner. And I think that, is also another huge plus is that he, he brings to the locker room. He brings to the young players. Um, I mean, he, you know, you see him on the pitch against Fulham. He just, he looked like he had been playing at Arsenal mm-hmm. under that system for five, six seasons already. It was just like seamless. Um, and so I know people were, well, he's 32, three-year deal. Oh my God, what, what, what are we doing when he's 35? Don't, don't focus on the, the third year of the deal. Well, let's let's focus on the first year of the deal which is right now mm-hmm. and i think i think the age thing especially in today's um you know generation of athletes and sports science i think 10 years ago if you would have signed a 32 year old you say oh he's he's past his prime he's you know he, he won't be able to run anymore it's, there's no uh, terrible signing why would you sign a player that age i think right. now with with and obviously he's shown how durable he is and and he hasn't lost a step in uh, you know the the decade plus that he's played at a high european level um i i don't i'm not too concerned with his age being what it is right now i think i think he's again the proof is in the pudding he hasn't shown he's going to slow down i don't i don't think he's going to play 55 matches um which is fine because you have that's why you have depth. That's why you have uh, rotations. You know, you know, we're obviously Pepe. We're talking about Reese Nelson, Saka. Um, there are players there that, and and William coming in are going to push those guys to perform better in training when they do get their starts. To they're not going to take it for granted. They're not going to, you know, they're gonna, they're going to they're going to look be looking to perform so they can earn their next start. And that's what Arteta said. He goes. Mm-hmm. You're going to you're going to earn your playing time. And if you get it and you continue to perform, you're going to you're going to keep your spot. And that's 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 as fair as you can expect from, a, you know, from a player standpoint, from a supporter standpoint is the guys who perform, they're going to play. And the guys who don't, you know, there's somebody else re- waiting right behind them to take their spot. Yeah, I, uh, I like that that philosophy. Same thing like with Alexander Lacazette, right? Like we thought he was going to be leaving and then he came mm-hmm. on. He's He played very well, I think, and got a goal. And, you know, even even if it was a scrappy goal, but at least he got a goal, played very well. Um, and he wasn't subbed off in the 75th minute like he usually is. He was subbed off at the 87th or 88th or whatever. Um, I think he played very well. Um, w- were you surprised that Danny Ceballos did not start in 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 the middle with Xhaka because that was I was like what like Moel Neni starting like you were saying holy cow well I think based on when Sabios came back into the country right of course he would have had to quarantine for two weeks so I I, I think it was more of a fitness thing than anything um, him being not up to to match shape at, whereas El Neni had been back for you know I think at least a month in full training obviously impressed in those friendlies. Um, you know, and, and 
he 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 earned that start. It wasn't. I don't think it was a matter of you know Ceballos not earning it, but I think Elneny earned earned that earned that start on Saturday, and then he I think he repaid Arteta's faith in his performance as well. And so, I mean, I mean do I think he'll be the locked-in starter next to Jaka in that midfield? Probably not. But if you can get a performance like that from him in in you know, so, some league matches, you know, cup matches, Europa League matches where you don't get a drop off in intensity and, you know, execution, that's that's huge because, you know, th- I don't think we have the money this summer to bring in a 50, 60 million pound midfielder, you know, the, the likes of Thomas Partey or uh, Hassem Oar. I don't think those guys are really in the plans, even though we've been linked to them. And I think, you know, Arteta likes those guys, but I, I just don't think that's likely in, in this window. So we're going to need guys, whether it's Elneny, Smith Rowe, uh, Willick, to, to continue to evolve and improve. Do you so think, think that, I was just yeah. going to say, do you think this is it for signings? Um, whew, I do, personally. Mm. Um, unless, you know, we're able to raise a significant amount of funds with, with Lucas Torreira, Guendouzi, um, you know, maybe class and hatch. If we get enough guys off the books, that's going to clear up some wages then then potentially. Um, and I, I think probably the central midfield position is the most likely for that to happen. Assuming, you know, Lacazette stays and, um, we won't need a, another striker, but, um, I think it's dependent on on who who goes and for how much and whether or not those funds will be available. But it, I have a feeling that that's we've probably seen the last of our incomings, um, unless it's maybe a last minute, you know, last couple day deadline deal. Um, but I, I just, I, yeah, but I just I think financially, I think it's just I think it's tough. I think the reason we're not seeing major signings across the board, you know, across yeah. Europe, is just uh people the teams just don't have money from from the hit from covid and and the lack of revenue so um unless you know you see a lot of loan deals you see a lot of you know maybe swaps but i think clubs are looking to get wages off the books because that's what's really mm-hmm. anchoring them down and so everyone's looking to get wages off the books no one's looking to bring wages on um arsenal have a lot of high earners who aren't in the start you know the top mm-hmm. 17 of the squad right now and that that's a problem um but if you know again that that's where the backroom staff has to earn their money and and get creative and and if it you know try and move these players on and and if that that happens and i, I think that could free up some wages for a potential signing but i think that has to happen first mm. such as the transfer sagas and i think it ends what in october early october something like that so yeah yeah so we'll 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 see we'll see how that goes yeah i, I mean I'm comfortable with what Arsenal has. So, eh, you know, if they bring in somebody else, we'll see. I mean, it's early days, right? So in the season, so we'll still see how how they have to perform. Um, you know, clearly going to Craven Cottage back over there with Scotty Par- Parker and uh, his Fulham team. Uh, like, I mean, no, no real threats aside from that early mistake from Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what did, what did you think of the overall match? I mean, pretty standard. I thought it was very assured, very disciplined. Um, that reminded me of a, of a 
title contending team that goes to a, a, a you know lower table team like that and just and just takes care of business. There's no there's no fuss. There's no real drama about it. Which which is you know the last few years again a, a match like this there would there would have been uh, you know the, this is you know the Brightons the Villas the the Norwiches away type mm-hmm. performance where. Um, it just kind of nightmare scenario and, and howlers and, and just players dropping three out of 10 performances. This, this was anything but that, I think. And again, the, the interesting thing is the, the formation and tactics, you know, we started, it looks like a back three, but it's really, uh, you know, in possession, uh, it's a four with, with Maitland Niles and Bellerin kind of tucking inside into midfield tyranny, moving over to the left. Um, and, you know, again, we talked about outgoings, you know, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, another guy who was mm. almost on a move to Wolves. And people are saying, well, either one or him or Hector has to leave. And now it's you're looking at it. It's like, is, is Maitland-Niles not our left wing back that's going to start every match, even though he's not necessarily playing as a left wing back? If you look at it's interesting, you look at the uh, the first goal. And the third goal, Maitland Niles is the furthest forward player by the time the the, the ball gets into the opposition box. Mm-hmm. And he's central. He's not. He's not. You know. He's making. He's making runs forward off of everyone. Um, same with Bellerin as well. Was I think another player who was furthest forward for the third goal. Um, you know, we saw El Nene pop up the edge of the box, take a shot that got blocked. Shaka's shot. Um, that that fell to Willian, and then that squirmed out to Lacazette for the goal. How many times is, was Jaka at the at the edge of the box? You know, uh, getting a layoff for for a pretty high quality shooting opportunity last season. Not not at all. Um, I mean, he was he was he was back. That those two midfielders were back, probably fifteen twenty yards on on average. So I think the the fact that we're playing a kind of a hybrid back three. Um, that switches to a four. It, it allows players to get forward, um, but still be in a disciplined structure where we're not completely opening ourselves up. And I think players are are given the license, but they're also more purposed when they when they make these runs. They're not just you know not just vacating their 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 uh, responsibilities. They're doing it when they're when they're we're secure in possession. And the opening is there, and a lot of these runs are, are decoy runs. They're they're dragging defenders mm-hmm. out to cover them, which opens space for you know Bamiang, Lacazette, Willian to to get into those pockets and then do what they do best. So um, yeah, I think that was that was obviously impressive performance. Um, the discipline, the tactics were spot on. It was you know again another performance that just raises the confidence level, and you see. You see the improvements. You see the belief just grow match after match. You know this was, you know, we're, we're carrying on from the Chelsea match, FA Cup final, Liverpool um, charity shield performance, and and that's that's where you see the the belief, and that's where you, you get you get the optimism from is is continue the the progression and the growth from you know match to match, and that that's what you have to do to to take those those leaps to the next level.
now, like, what do you say to those people? And mainly I'm talking about like my friends in my group that we talk about. Um, pretty much everybody's a supporter of one of the top six clubs. They're saying, you know, take it easy. It's it's a newly promoted side. Like it's not you haven't you haven't won anything, you know, take uh, don't don't take it to heart. And, you know, your real tests are going to be when you play, you know, the Manchester United's, the, the Man Cities, and so on and so forth. What do you say to those people? Like, well, what what differences will it make whether we play a small sided club or a big sided club? Well, I, I think th- these are the types of clubs and, and matches that we struggled with last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't we couldn't break down. We were susceptible on set pieces, and it seemingly we didn't have the confidence to beat these teams who we are more talented than on the pitch. You know, one through eleven. Um, the problem wasn't with the big teams, right? We seemed to play, get up for those games and it was the teams that are going to sit back, you know, stack the box and make us break them down. Well, we, we, we did that comfortably. So, and, and I've, I've always said this, but it doesn't matter if you beat Fulham, if you beat Liverpool, if you beat Everton, um, or if you lose to those teams, mm-hmm. there's 30, there's 38 matches in a league season. You play each team twice. So Every single match is, has the same, you know, weighted value in terms of your league position at the end of the day. Exactly. So beating beating Fulham three 0 on the first day of the season is the exact worth worth the exact same than beating Liverpool at Anfield, um, you know, in December. It doesn't it doesn't matter. So you have you mm-hmm. have to beat who's in front of you. Well, considering and yeah, yeah, no, and like you know, for 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 years, you know. Uh, Arsene Wenger's teams would make a heyday on beating up on the little guys and then absolutely mm-hmm. getting dominated by the top, top four competition. And we, we did that and, and we finished in champions league spots every year. So it's not, I would make the argument. It's, it's, it's actually more important to, to get the victories against teams in the, you know, nine through 20 positions than it is getting the victories against teams in the top five. Based just based purely on numbers, you have more opportunities against those teams, so that those 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 matches are more important. But really, in the end of the day, they're all weighted at the same anyway. So you, yeah, exactly. You, you need it. You need it. You need to beat the teams that you're more talented than, and that yeah. that's if you do that, you're gonna you're gonna finish in the top four. Yeah, three points that's looks the same. Exactly. Yeah, three points look the same whether you're beating Fulham or whether you beat Liverpool. Three points is yeah. three points. Exactly. Um, like and and it goes to show, right? Like, I mean, you saw Chelsea struggling, you saw Liverpool even struggling. Like, what a match that was against Leeds. So, um, you know, don't always count out the little guy. The little guy can give you a hard fought match, even though they most likely are gonna lose, they're still fighting you. Like, I mean, the the first few moments of this match with Fulham, you know, they they almost scored. Um, mm-hmm. but, but obviously, a totally different match. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like you know, like you were saying. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether you're not. Like I, I I hate when people are saying, "Well, you just beat you just beat Fulham, bro." Like relax, they were just promoted. But I mean, they're fighting, man. They're they're fighting just as much as everyone else. So three points is is three points well earned. Um. I was listening to halftime. I think it was halftime. Uh, and I don't know which one you were watching. I don't even know which one I'm watching anymore. I would just watch it on the zone. Um, but there was uh, Michael Owen, uh, Sol Campbell and the lady. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you guys have what SNBC. Yeah. 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 Rebecca Lowe. Um, but they were saying that there was lack of creativity in the midfield 
with Arsenal. I saw maybe a little bit of it. Like, was that like, what did you see? Was there a lack of creativity? I think that's fair. I think you look at, again, the two in midfield, um, there isn't a dynamic kind of line breaking uh, midfielder can also carry the ball to the front line. I think, I think that's where you saw William drop into mm-hmm. kind of that number 10 came in field. He was, he was the, you know, tasked to be the creative type and he, and he was, um, I mean, you saw difference for me. I saw a few times you saw some vertical balls from El Nene and Jaka, which again, in the past wasn't happening. They were, they were cycling the ball out wide or back to the center backs. Now they were picking the ball up. They were looking to play over the top. And I think that's, especially a team that's going to sit back and kind of compact the area. You have to, you have to hit those balls over the top and, and make the, make the defenders, you know, defend, you know, make them backpedal, make them not just stand and, and go side to side. So, but yeah, I mean, from a personnel standpoint, Jacques and El Nene are limited in, in, you know, both physical attributes and I think technical attributes that there isn't a, you know, a Santi, a Ramsey, a, even a Wilshire, and that's sorry. I think you look at the transfer market, and I think that's a that's a position that clearly can be improved upon. I think I think Ceballos offer gives you a little bit more of that. Um, you know, forward thinking can can faint and dribble and, and wriggle himself out of pressure, which, which I think Jacques and El Nene obviously I think lack. Um, but again, when you when you're you don't need a lot of creativity in midfield in a game like this. Um, yeah. You know, you get, you get the goal coming from a wide position. First goal, second goal is a set piece. And the third goal is the carbon copy goal against Liverpool from the community shield, you know, yeah. uh, playing out of the back, switching, switching fields. Um, and then Obama Yang does his thing. So um, in a match like this, again, it was professional. It was disciplined. Structure was good. Uh, three goals, clean sheet. I, really, there isn't a lot of criticisms you can levy. I don't think in, in a performance like this. No, I think I think after the few first little you know jitters, I I would say, um, I thought Arsenal were solid. They were fluid. Um, you know, balls coming in. Kieran Tierney and Obama Yang are linking very well. I I see, and Kieran Tierney is one of those uh, like he's like a silent sleeper. You know, like he doesn't yeah. say much. He doesn't do much. But he is so good on the ball, and I he, think he is consummate professional. I mean. He doesn't put a foot wrong. Um, again, slides into a new position for him, left center back, but then he then he adjusts basically to a, a left back or even a left wing back in possession, um, which which that's what he's used to. But he can he has the defensive assuredness and and intelligence to play a center back role. But he's got he's got two guys next to him, um, so so if needed, he's got help there. And I think I think he's yeah probably. I mean we used to talk about Nacho Montreal in the same sense of just kind of mm-hmm. underappreciated, always reliable, always just going to do, do the right thing. And I think tyranny is, is, is more than stepped into that role. And again, he's only what well, he's going to be 24, I think this year. So f- future is bright. Uh, again, I think it looks like he's gotten over his injury issues, which is, which is obviously massive. So um, that, that's a, you, know, you look at that left side of him and Maitland Niles, potentially again, that that's where you, you start to look at the future, start to look at, you know, what, what that potential can really be. And it's, it's exciting. 
Yeah. And uh, I can't, I can't wait. Like, I mean, we haven't, we, you, you don't hear much about Kieran Tierney, but he's just such a good player. And I love the link up play be, between him and Obama Yang, like those over the top balls to Obama Yang. Like you just like, it's just so fluid and beautiful. I, lo- I love it. I, I, he's like, he's slowly creeping up to like one of my favorite players in the club. So um, yeah. yeah, job well done for Arsenal against Fulham. Uh, you know, looking forward to uh, this weekend, we have West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, should be pretty straightforward. I mean, they haven't really given much in the last couple of games. Arsenal, I think, have won all of them. Uh, you know, so should be pretty standard. What do you think? Yeah, again, it's all about carrying forward and progressing from the last match. And, you know, we'll have a week of training and guys getting healthier and competing for spots. So, um, you know, I think the big thing to look for will be, you know, where if, if Saliba is fit or, you know, what, what this week looks like for him. Is there a spot mm-hmm. for him? Um, you know, again, outgoings, incomings, that's always something to look at. But, um, you know, so again, Ceballos will be in competition for, for that spot. But, you know, El Nani, I think, more than earned another spot in the start if, if you're you're being you know completely neutral about it so um yeah i think again it's all going to be about um intensity and effort i think clearly the more talented team but but that doesn't matter if you don't you don't you know apply that to the pitch um doesn't matter who you're playing so i think getting getting on the front foot early and um you know, always getting the early goal and, and West Ham's there. They're pretty shaky right now as a club. Not, mm-hmm. not a lot of investment. A couple of guys have left that they haven't been happy about. They lost 2-0 opening, opening day at home. So they will be susceptible to a, you know, no pun intended, but hammer blow. <laughs> and uh, we, we got we to gotta be able to execute that and, and put that on them early. You brought up Ceballos. I, I wanted to ask you one more thing about Ceballos is um, if he has a killer season like he did last season, and clearly we really wanted to keep him, uh, does Arsenal go all in and try to sign him? Or is he just a player that he we won't be able to sign because he'll be too expensive? Well, I think, again, in any other given transfer window, I think we probably sign him outright. Um, I think given, again, the COVID and lack of revenues, there just isn't that chunk of money to, mm-hmm. to be able to shell out. So a loan makes sense for him. A loan makes sense for Madrid because they, they obviously have, you know, a backlog of players and, and not that they don't rate him, but I think it's, it's, you have to, you can't keep everybody. Um, and they, they just have a ridiculous amount of talent in, in every position. And, and, uh, they also need to offload wages as well. So yeah. um, it's, it's, I think it's a good fit for obviously, you know, he, he was arguably one of the most important players after the restart um, and obviously understands Arteta's vision and, and platform. And so I think it's a, a perfect, perfect type of signing. Uh, it's a loan. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, if he, had, if he performs well again, I think we'll look to make that permanent um, next summer. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. What did um, just one more thing before we uh, wrap up here? Um, what did uh, any surprises from the beginning uh, of this season, like that um, you've seen? You know, regarding Arsenal or just just in the just just in general, like in the league. Like, I mean, uh, the, the big one was Leeds and Liverpool for me. Yeah, I think it's interesting as the 
again, I think the biggest thing, uh, apart from Chelsea, is the lack of major investment. I mean, even, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Manchester United, they got unlimited sources of, of funds normally, but they signed to Van de Beek from Ajax and like 30-something million. Other than that, you know, they, they didn't sign Sancho. Um, they haven't really upgraded their defense, which was a big question mark, you know, from last year. Um and even Man City, I mean, they, they signed a few guys, uh, but not not any blockbuster deals, right? They signed Ake from Bournemouth, um, signed a youngster from Valencia, and uh, I don't know if they've signed anyone else. I mean, they they don't need a whole lot of help. Liverpool has had, you know, even though they won the league, you're always you always mm-hmm. have to improve, right? I think that's what what you know, Sir Alex and and Wenger always said. You have to, you can't be content even after winning you have to you have to push guys they they have haven't signed anyone um of note to so so that that's kind of that that to me is the biggest storyline is who's going to be able to improve the most from last season assuming that the, the squads are relatively um unbolstered i mean not you know chelsea being the exception there but and I, I think that's where the the jump for Arsenal can really can really happen is I think building on Arteta's platform. The, the players we have are going to are going to have to improve and have to grow exponentially and make that leap, you know, to, to major contributors, and and that's what's going to close the gap. So if you're talking the, the Joe Willicks, the the Martinelli's coming back from injury, um, you know, the, the young center backs we touched on. Um, you know, I think obviously Aubameyang, Lacazette, you know, Willian, you know what you're going to get from those guys. It's, it's, you know, Saka continuing to, to progress, uh, Smith Rowe, he comes back into the fold. Was he going to provide Reese Nelson's another guy, highly rated Academy player, right? Can they, are they going to be able to make that leap to really have a impact on games either start, come off the bench, um, you know, Europa league. Um, so that, that to me is going to be the biggest thing from an Arsenal standpoint, to, to look at and see who who is ready to make that jump. Yeah, it's certainly pending out to be uh, an incredible season, even though we just had one game. I don't care. Um, yeah, and and hopefully, you know, we don't go back into another lockdown with uh, the high right. number of cases in COVID. So I'm hoping that there is no interruption. Um, but of course, safety is number one priority with this thing. So I'm hoping everybody stays safe. You know, don't pull a Mason Green or um Foden you know having parties but for the most part I'm hoping it should be okay and there's even talks about letting people into the stadium so mm-hmm. um yeah you sh- we shall see we shall see well Ryan I mean that's all the time we have uh thank you very much for uh you know coming back and and doing this with me um I really appreciate it and uh and hopefully uh we can you know seal up those three points uh this weekend and uh, we'll talk some more next week Sounds good, Mario. Good to be back. Yeah, perfect. Thanks a lot, buddy. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll, uh, We'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers.